Good morning. You ever had it all and yet wanted something more? The Little Mermaid, 16 years old, Ariel, she stands in her treasure trove and she sings, Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl who's got everything? Look at this trove, treasures untold. How many wonders can one cavern hold? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl who's got everything? I've got gadgets and gizmos of plenty. Who's it's and what's it's galore? Thingamabobs, I've got 20. But no big deal, says Ariel. I don't care. I want more. You ever had it all, yet wanted something more? Long before the Little Mermaid, there was a gentleman in Scripture named Solomon who had it all and yet wanted something more. Legend has it that at Solomon's uh, castle or palace, uh, it would take him when he threw a party uh, 30 sheep, 100 lambs, and 500 bushels of flour every time he had a party. He had vineyards and gardens, a palace so amazing it was indescribable. Solomon worked so hard to outachieve everybody, he made 25 tons of gold each year. And Solomon says, I denied my heart no pleasure. I refused myself nothing. And yet, said Solomon, my life was meaningless. You ever had it all and yet wanted something more? Perhaps you recall the story of John Krakauer. He uh, climbed Mount Everest back in the late 90s. And he got up to the top of the peak of Mount Everest. And he was actually surprised. Because he had dreamed about that moment for months. About the amazing emotions that would come over his uh, whole mind and body and soul as he looked down into the vastness of Tibet. But what happened was he got up to the top of Mount Everest. He wiped off his oxygen mask. He looked at his watch. It read 1.17 p.m. He said he took four pictures on the camera and couldn't muster up enough emotion to care. Went back down. What's it like on top of the Everest of your life? Maybe you've received uh, the promotion. You've taken the dream vacation. You've built the dream home and have your own treasure trove. And yet still, you want something more. But what? What is that something we all want? I think the Little Mermaid helps us out with this. We all want to be part of another world. And this really ought to come as no surprise to us, especially when you consider these words from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11. God has set eternity in the hearts of men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, it strikes me that we humans are a lot like mermaids. In many ways, God has created us to be part of two different worlds. For one, we have hands and feet, and we're human. But yet, on the other hand, God has put eternity in our hearts. He has equipped us to be part of another world. And friends, I've got good news and bad news about this. 
Uh, the bad news is, because God has put eternity in our hearts, nothing in this world that is materialistic will ever satisfy our heart's desire. Nothing will ever bring us satisfaction. But oh, much like the little mermaid and Solomon, we'll try. We'll store things up in our own little treasure troves. I thought I'd be real honest today and bring with me my own treasure trove. And Sebastian the lobster keeps good care of it. What are those things that I generally store up that I think might one day bring me happiness? Well, I think first and foremost the big one, and that is my wallet. Sometimes I live under the illusion that meaning and happiness is just one swipe of the credit card away. If I just get something more, I will be happy. You know, whether you're, it uh, depends on your age, it may be a Tickle Me Elmo, it may be a Lamborghini, it may be an iPhone. If I just get what's next, I will be happy. But I think the Little Mermaid will tell you, look, Visa wasn't everywhere she wanted to be. You know, she had it all. But still, deep down, she wanted something more. What else do I have in my treasure trove? Aha! My diploma. You know, for years, I worked so hard for this. I think about all the classes, all the tests, all the papers, and I thought if I could just achieve some sort of intellectual superiority over everybody else, I would get meaning in my life. I would be satisfied. And here I have this Masters of Divinity from Duke University. And I remember those times where I sat around in a circle and, and tried to one-up other people with some abstract theological quote from, from Kierkegaard. And yeah, maybe this has made me smarter, but more satisfied? No. A better basketball? Yes, but you know, this diploma, I... I Worked so hard for it, but honestly, I just, I wanted something more. What else do I have in here? Oh, it's my certificate of ordination documenting my status as an ordained minister. You know, I thought maybe if I climb the ladder far enough and achieve that point in my career, then I will achieve meaning in my life. You know, I wonder if part of why Jesus told the Pharisees not to call each other doctor or reverend is because Jesus knew that those types of titles and status just wouldn't cut it. It wouldn't give them the satisfaction and the meaning that they so longed for. Money, diplomas, titles, friends, that's the bad news. Because God has set eternity in our hearts, nothing that is of material value will ever be able to satisfy our heart's desire in this life and bring us meaning in this world. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. There is another world. Some years back, it was actually 1982 in October, on a balmy afternoon up in Madison, Wisconsin. And the Wisconsin Badgers were playing a college football game against the Michigan State Spartans. And there were a number of fans, about 60,000 of them, 
in the stadium. And it didn't take long to see who had the better football team. Uh, Michigan State was just killing uh, Wisconsin. But interestingly enough, little pockets of fans in the stands began to start cheering. And people wondered, well, why are they cheering when their team is getting killed? It turns out on that same day uh, was game three of the 1982 World Series. And the Milwaukee Brewers were beating the St. Louis Cardinals uh, in another place, in another sport, in another world. And the fans had their radios tuned in to that other place. I think as Christians, that's our task. To always stay tuned to the other world for which our hearts were better equipped. Because I think when we do that, the treasure that we're going to store up in this life is not going to one day end. But it will be treasure that lasts forever. It will be eternal treasure. But what are some of those eternal treasures that last forever? A pastor and teacher, John Ortberg, says that there are four eternal treasures uh, in this life that will last uh, into the next. What are they? Well, I think for one, it's our relationship with God. A scripture promises that those who have a relationship uh, with God will be one day sitting in God's presence. For Jesus has gone before us and built us a house with many rooms and has prepared a place for us. And it is possible right now uh, to meet with that architect. Uh, It is possible to have a relationship with someone that will last forever. And that someone is God. Then a second eternal treasure, I think, is our relationships with other people. Uh, Scripture also says that our relationships with community uh, will also last forever. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, When Scripture talks about heaven, one of the images uh, that is used is that of a city, that heaven will be perfect community for you and I. On the flip side of that, a hell is often described as a city destroyed or no community whatsoever. And so this means if you've ever had a moment where you've been with a group of people or family or spouse or person that you love and you just wish that you could just press the pause button so that that moment could just continue on forever. If you've ever had that experience, there's a name for it. Heaven. Our relationships with other people, those last forever too. But what other eternal treasures? I think third thing that will last forever is our calling. The way that we serve God. Revelation 7.15 says that what do the people do? In heaven, John says they sit at the throne of God and continue to serve him. Our vocations, our calling, that's something that's going to last forever. And then fourth, says Ortberg, a fourth thing that will last forever is our joy. All the wonderful experiences we have on earth are only, according to C.S. Lewis, the scent of a flower. We have not yet found the echo of a time we have not yet heard news from a country we have not yet visited. Those are the eternal treasures. Those are the things that we ought to be storing up, knowing full well that God has set eternity in our hearts, because it is those things that will bring us meaning and satisfaction in life and nothing else. In the treasure trove. 
you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like when it comes to those eternal treasures, that I'm the only one in this world that values that. Because I look at the world around me and the world that I live in, and I wonder if everybody else is just trying to amass their own little treasure troves, and here I am kind of shooting for something a little bit different. And it's hard. It, it, it really is. And if you don't believe me, let's go through the papers this week. How about Monday? San Antonio Express News. Mortgage crisis. Federal rescue package sought measures would aid Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Tuesday, anxiety spreads about banks. WAMU loses a third of its value. Hurried withdrawals at IndyMac. Wednesday, little to cheer about. Time of turmoil. All eyes focus on the economy. Stock markets, inflation rate, retail sales, oil prices. And it seems like every day I'm bombarded by thinking that the only thing there is to life is this material treasure trove. And I think the good news of the scripture and the good news of the gospel is, look, there's more to life than this. There is another world. And because God has set eternity in our hearts, one day we will experience the fullness of that world. I'll close this morning with... A story back from 95 A.D., about 95 years after Jesus died. And Israel was in ruins. The Roman army had come in and conquered Israel and destroyed their temples, destroyed everything that was meaningful to them, their places of worship. And four rabbis from Israel decided that, you know, even though their city had been destroyed, that they would travel to Rome. And when they showed up on the shore at Rome, they looked around and they saw that all the temples that the Romans had built uh, to their Roman gods uh, were still standing. They were expensive. They were marvelous. Uh, they were incredible. And three of the rabbis uh, that showed up, they began to cry. They said, we who love God, our buildings, our temple, it is destroyed but those who don't care a lick about him, look at how gorgeous they are. They're beautiful. They're everywhere. And then the three rabbis just began to cry out, how could this happen? And the tears began to flow. But then there was a fourth rabbi. And he was smiling. And the other three rabbis looked at the fourth rabbi and said, why on earth are you smiling? And the fourth rabbi said, if God will do this for those who do not care about him, just imagine what God will do for those who love him and want to be with him. Look around the world and you will see that those who have material treasure troves have it pretty good. But what you need to know is that in the long run, those with eternal treasure troves have it much, much better. Let us pray. Great and gracious God, for your love of us, we are grateful. And for setting eternity in our hearts, we are grateful. And though we are not there with you yet, we thank you for the glimpses 
of eternity that you put in our lives. Though we see dimly, oh God, help us to trust and hope for that other world, that other place for which you designed us. God, I ask that in the days ahead that you would protect us from those material things which move our focus and our trust away from you. And help us, O God, to have our eyes and our hearts set on eternity. So that one day we may indeed experience the fullness of life that you have for us. That one day we would find that something more that we would discover and come to know a your world in the heavens. And it's in Jesus' name who makes all this possible that I pray. Amen. Uh, you'll note that in just a few moments there will be uh, prayer ministers uh, available for you uh, off the stage to my right. Go in peace.